about stigmas. Um, Ryan introduced a new sermon series this month um, about stigmas in the church. So scripture guides our understanding of how to live our how to live and serve despite the stigmas that sometimes surround our realities. So a review of a stigma is just a mark of disgrace placed on someone that is associated with a particular quality or circumstance. The qualities or circumstances are often complicated and sometimes unavoidable, so we settle for overgeneralized conclusions about others. Stigmas extend beyond a person to a group of people in the form of negative stereotypes and biases towards others. And these stigmas are sometimes of the church. Christians are judgmental people or simple-minded people or hypocritical people. As a church, we try to explain our beliefs and defend our beliefs as needed, and we try to separate the wrong from the right in the relationship to the world. That's not what this sermon series is about, though. This sermon series is not about the negative stigmas about the church that we need to defend, but the negative stigmas in the church. There are, for example, stigmas about the types of sins that we deem more offensive than others, even some that we celebrate. Uh, Pastor Ryan gave an example last week that the Bible says, thou shalt not murder, but most of us, all good Christians who haven't committed murder, hopefully, uh, watch movies where we celebrate vengeful murder all the time. Last week, he talked about the stigma of mental health. Faith is not the idea that if and when we pray, God will miraculously solve our problems, including mental health issues. But that doesn't mean we can't address it or work on it and learn about it and learn from it. So Pastor Ryan shared some um, tips to kind of help you through with mental health. So we're going to walk more, drink more. I got my water here, just FYI, <laughs> and screen less. Um, and then we want to claim it. So identify what it is and how bad it is. Is this something that we can fix on our own if we just rest? Or does it need to be triaged? Do we need more help? Note that mental health is like addiction in this regard, that nobody can help you more than you want to help yourself. And then he prayed the serenity prayer, something to keep in the back of your mind. So this week, we're going to talk about physical health. How obsessed are we with our physical health? Again, like mental health, this is something that we don't like to talk about, our responsibility for it, um, and our hopelessness with it. And to be honest, this is a, a topic um, that I struggle with in a couple ways. One is that being a nurse, you want to do all the right things. You see the consequences of not doing the right things, and you want to trust your healthcare providers. Second, my struggle is my own inner struggle. I read and watch and listen to so many different healthcare providers and topics, TikToks, heaven forbid, and advice. Sometimes it just all runs together. So what is right? What is easy? Do keto. Don't do keto. It has too much fat. How about intermittent fasting? Wait, that might throw off your thyroid. Where does it end? We all fall victim to gimmicks. We all want to, the perfect health and uh, to do all the right things. Some of us that have fallen victim to the gimmicks are um, up on the board pretty soon, Brooks. We've all had this struggle with... Uh, Losing weight. <laughs> I said you would be in my sermon if you didn't leave me alone. 
So we spend a lot of money on fitness and well-being, almost 900 billion globally each year, which is ironic because America is the most unhealthy it's ever been. Being mindful of our physical wellness is important. Most of us know this, but Mayo Clinic suggests that being active improves our mental health and energy level, helps us sleep better, and guards against disease. But have we taken something so good and made it idle? Have we elevated the outward appearance of fitness and health above the inner conditioning of our hearts? Have we given up the actual gospel and replaced it with the health and wealth gospel? In Christianity Today, Dr. Margaret Morham says, good health is not to be an end in itself. In itself. Health can never be anything other than a secondary good. Even when we aspire to better health, to better serve God and others, which is a noble goal, it's crucial to remember that God does not require us to be healthy to accomplish his mission on earth. Exercise and healthy eating will not guarantee a more fruitful ministry. When we overemphasize the good of good health, we may stumble into the mindset of the Jews in Jesus' day who equated disability and disease with sin. Such a perspective can reel out a new measuring tape for godliness and spirituality, the strictness of your diet, the size of your genes, the rigor of your workout, the amount of energy you may possess. True and complete health comes when we are restored to the healer whom we cannot know apart from our bodies. Health comes as the overflow of loving God and submitting every realm of our lives to him, including loving and tending the God-made bodies he has given us as a gift, our neighbor's bodies and our own. Today we're going to highlight 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 10. At first I did not, Ryan and I both said, I'm not sure how this relates to physical fitness, but then it broke down and it, it, is, um, it is true and pulled out the good things in it. So, Verse 1, the Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. So we spiritualize the Bible too much sometimes. And how much have we abandoned our faith for physical health? How deceived have we been when we idolize our physical health more than our spiritual well-being? Timothy goes on, such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. So what health professionals obsess over and insist their way is the right way and we're going the wrong way? They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Verse 4. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God in prayer. Let's talk about this. Everything God created is good. So repeat after me. God created me. I am good. Remember that. Now, don't assume that God created marshmallow trees and cupcake bushes, but there, <laughs> we wish he did, you know. But there is a zealous appeal to perfect health unlike before. Would it help if we pointed it out to people or pointed it out to ourselves in the morning, every, in the mirror every morning? Continue with verse 6. If you point these things out, that everything God created is good, to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. 
That is, don't listen to the godless myths of perfect health. For physical training is of physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the savior of all people and especially of those who we who believe. So how do we take God's instruction to care for our bodies and self-control without shaming people or ourselves? Do we believe someone's body size is an indicator of how effective they are as a witness for Christ? Joy Beth Smith is an author for Salt Lake Tribune, and she wrote about her size, and it was, it's interesting. She says um, she's been made to feel that her body is sizable enough to undermine the power of the gospel, but she counters it. At the end of the day, being overweight isn't a sin. Overindulgence is. A lack of self-control certainly is. Eating excessive amounts to fill an emotional void, while not necessarily sinful, is not indicative of a healthy spiritual life. But being overweight can be caused by a whole host of things. Plummeting metabolisms, thyroid problems, bad genes. I take peace in remembering that God sees the heart. God cares so much more about my prayer life than my calorie intake. He expects me to love my neighbors of all shapes and sizes. And he welcomes me at the foot of the cross where there's enough room for all, even those of us with sizable hips. So Super Bowl Sunday is one of my favorite Sundays, or one of my favorite days of the entire year. And that's not because I'm a huge NFL fan by any means, but because I've never been to a Super Bowl party that doesn't have great snacks. So tonight, when I am eating buffalo chicken dip like I haven't eaten in a week, just know that I am still welcome at the foot of the cross, despise what that scale says tomorrow morning. There was a woman that made headlines in 2017. There was a video of her at church. She followed a teenager into the bathroom and told her that she was too fat to be wearing shorts. She, the church handled it well and um, Everything turned out fine, but when did it become okay to, sheep, to heap shame on anyone at church for any reason? The gospel is rooted in grace, and even warranted, a warranted case of church discipline should be done with love and truth. Thankfully, the church took care of it. But it highlighted a blind spot in our church culture. So, you don't have to raise your hand, but... Just think, how many of us here have been made to feel incapable at church or in a ministry? Church is not just all about our weight. We have different capabilities. I know for certain that I will never host a men's basketball life group because clearly five foot two of me should not do that. So my question for you is, what are you capable of? If you have the journal, I want you to, or if you have a friend next to you, Write down or say one thing to your friend that you are capable of within church, within a mystery, ministry. With no disregard your size, what can we do? What is one thing? And since I am the missions coordinator, I couldn't do this sermon without giving my mission a, a plug. So what can you do for your church? Community. Maybe you can't 
physically fold clothes at the Nokomis Christian Missions, but can you help Joyce with her card ministry? Can you sit in the lobby and help distribute baby bottles at the end of June? Or can you just sit in the lobby and welcome someone as they walk in the door? We all have a place for our mission. Joyce Morgan said, God is not ashamed of you. God is not ashamed of your body. Some of us are tall. Some of us are short. That's me. Um, but our right to speak on Jesus' behalf is not taken away by our imperfect bodies. A body the world calls flawed does not invalidate the wonder and power of our creator. I'm going to say that again. A body the world calls flawed does not invalidate the wonder and power of our creator. No one's size, appearance, or ability prohibits that person from serving their neighbors with love. Incidentally, church history uh, reminds us of what we can accomplish in strength and spirit. The hospital was originated through Christian, a Christian institution rooted in Christian concepts of charity and philanthropy. There were no pre-Christian institutions in the ancient world that served the purpose that Christian hospitals were created to serve. That is offering charitable aid, particularly health care, to those in need. So, suppose we shed the message of fitness and thinness as the pathway to fulfillment and happiness. In that case, we might be surprised to see a bigger picture way to improve the health, physically and spiritually, of ourselves, of those around us, and know that those probably go hand in hand. And when we talk about health and wellness in the church, instead of focusing on weight, appearance, or limitations, we should be focusing more on how we can use our capable bodies of all sizes and shapes, abilities, to love God and love our neighbors. And this changes how we treat our bodies. When we are more focused on God's will, we will climb into the right mindset about our health. So I'm going to give you some takeaways for this week to keep in mind. So give praise to your creator every morning. Again, God created me. I am good. Say it all week. Claim it. Be honest about your physical health. Share it with others. What can you do to work with that, improve that? Keep in mind, just like physical health, mental health, and addiction, nobody can help you more than you want to help yourself. And lastly, be active in serving others. Whatever you do for the least, you do it unto me. Matthew 25, 40.